0: Hello, friends. It's your Chapo for this week. Coming to you live from the city of Chicago. The city's so nice, it's not first, but indeed one after first. It's got wind. It's in the middle of the country. It's where we are, broadcasting live from our hotel room. How are you, everybody? It's me, Will Meneker. Joining me, Felix Biederman. Hello, everyone. Virgil, Texas.
1: Hey, how are you? Matt Christman Hey guys uh, I like my sandwiches like I like my women trippin wet <laughs> And why would you want it that way <laughs> A- Ask Felix why yeah, his Italian beef people. is good why it yeah, little, I'm, sorry, I'm
2: sorry.
3: It's not like Cincinnati cuisine, which is like, uh, yeah. Can I get a sloppy Joe that has half-baked noodles thrown <laughs> on it? <and laughs> just spray some cream cheese that someone sat
1: on. So can you, can uh, you, it's, that's it's fair a fair own, but at least it's not a sandwich that doesn't operate as a sandwich because the goddamn it does bread doesn't have any integrity. The, day, the
4: bread is a day old and it's tough.
3: Oh, so you
1: can, oh <laughs> fantastic! You're really oh, okay.
3: It's better than it sounds. <laughs>
4: Can you explain to the audience what this concoction is? It's
3: Italian beef. Al's Italian beef is the best one in the city.
1: That's where we went today. It was good, but it's not really a viable sandwich. You're
3: a fool if it fell apart on you. You're an absolute (laughs) fool. Guys,
0: before we go any further, we have to introduce our guest. Joining us this week, one of our favorite pals, long time, first time. No, not her first time. It's Libby Watson, everybody. (laughs) Libby.
5: Hello. Um, I would also just like to say I have had not Chicago Italian beef, but Italian beef in DC, and it is good as hell.
1: Yeah, but is it as good as barbecue food? That's the real question.
3: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think like the eternal question.
3: If you're you're hearing this, this is our. First full day here We got in very late last night Except for well, Matt Who was lucky there. enough To take a train I, I
1: rolled in on comfort I'm a.m. gonna track. win
3: All my food arguments here And this is a special <laughs> This is a special <laughs> trip for me This is a special trip It's
0: Felix's homecoming everybody. It's my homecoming
3: I remember Like when I went to A city college or Chicago Because I didn't need To do well in school Because I was gonna be A brain genius uh, Walking around uh, Being a fucking loser Having no prospects, you know, just sucking it up. Now I come back with the exact same personality, no <laughs> lessons learned, no, but my behavior rewarded by the world, <laughs> and so it just proves that you should always be true to yourself. If people say that you're obnoxious, that you're 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 loud, you don't know anything, just keep it. D- do some more, like Steve Harvey says. <laughs> do some more. <laughs> yeah. and people people who once sneered at you on the streets of your hometown will go up to you and be like. I love your podcast. I listen to it at my normal job. And you're like, yeah, sucks for you, bitch.
0: We asked Felix on the flight over here, uh, wh- what's fun to do in Chicago? What, what are some things to do? And he was like, I don't know. Go to my <laughs> friend's house?
2: Yeah, okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay, so
0: they asked me,
3: they asked me about some like, bullshit venue called like, I don't, you know what these venues are called, like, you know, like the, the dusty attic <laughs> <laughs> honey honey bar <laughs> you think i ever hung out in places like that no i was doing the real chicago shit which is when you and two friends uh your best friend and his older cousin <laughs> you drink 47 budweiser's each in a hot room you throw them all into a garbage pa- can that makes his uh, poorly ventilated room sound smell terrible <laughs> He gets very emo- your friend gets very emotional because he wants to go to Afghanistan to get his life together. <laughs> then you put on the A and E series Billy the Exterminator and he gets really pissed off because Billy is, according to him, wrestling an alligator wrong. <laughs> uh, you ask him you ask him how you ask him how he knows how you're supposed to wrestle an alligator and he says he wants to do the Boy Scout camp. Then he him and his cousin get into a physical fight. And uh, you uh, you Google image search uh, minor celebrities you want to have sex with, <laughs> and then you do it all. You do that all weekend. You get DTS. Uh, you have to stop drinking eventually, uh, and then you come back because you have a podcast. And that's like that's, that's what real Chicagoans Chicago do. Yeah, that's the Chicago yeah. way.
0: <laughs> well, uh, f- I don't want to spend too much time talking about uh, this lovely city that's hosting us for the weekend, uh, but. Uh, I was just saying, we there's almost too much funny shit to talk about that's happened this week. I mean, but before we get into that, uh, I gotta talk to Libby about Politicon. Libby has just gotten back from covering this. Libby is our primo levy for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> she is our witness to the atrocity that is Politicon. Libby, explain to our listeners or anyone who is not familiar what is Politicon and what never again.
5: It builds itself as the Coachella of politics. Oh, oh. I know. Oh. <laughs> I know. Oh, God. Um, and having been to Coachella once uh, six years ago when it was not quite as uncool as it is now, I feel pretty pretty qualified to comment on it. Um, it's it's basically a nonpartisan political convention. Uh,
2: yes. not that <laughs> It's not
5: like the DNC or the RNC in that it isn't actually for anything. No one is getting nominated or, or anything. It is just a celebration of all things politics. Uh, it's, politics rocks. It's basically a convention for people who call themselves political junkies, people who love the news. Uh, people love which, the
1: goddamn news. It's, it's really for people who like watch C-SPAN cut footage of people like milling around on the floor of the RNC or something, and go, "Wow, that looks really fun." And you know what, political <laughs> junkie, I used to think that was a bad term, but it actually is because
3: doing that is as sad as trying to suck the last residual bits out of a fentanyl patch.
4: <laughs> I always, I don't know, I always thought there should be a nonpartisan convention. I think they shouldn't have a DNC and an RNC, but
1: should combine them. Yeah, in a celebration oh, of
4: politics and patriotism.
1: All I know is that these days my septum has been destroyed by the news so I gotta blow it up my ass <laughs> <laughs> my, my parole officer is coming by to see if I'm reading Variety I can't even have that
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, uh, Brendan told me that while you were there uh, just the, uh, the Wi-Fi was like $25 a minute and water was like $8 <laughs> for a bottle. So, I mean, they're doing yeah. the price gouging uh, yeah. that Coachella and these other, like, fire festival have been, has been up to. Oh,
5: my God. Oh, my God. There should be a fire festival for people who love MSNBC. That's such a good idea. They should
0: hold it yeah. on some for, former island that was for, like, lepers yeah, or, like, yeah, typhoid definitely. patients or something. It,
5: they just hold it at Gitmo. gitmo yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, uh... Um,
5: yeah, no, the, I mean... Uh, Everyone's friend Cleo Chang wrote a very good piece about it last week, uh, headlined Politicon is the perfect media racket for the Trump era. And and that is basically what it is. Um, it is, uh, you know, I, I, I can't fully say that the whole thing is a grift in that if you are the kind of person who enjoys this stuff, there may have been something in it for you. But yeah, I mean, it was like $50 a day. They were selling VIP tickets that would like get you to the front of the line and get you into the special party and everything.
1: So you could watch Robert Davi talk about the the plight of the Coptic Christians? <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: Wait, you, should, you should have all of your money fucking confiscated if that's how you're spending it it
3: would it would be cool yeah. if it was like it would be cool if it was like a bit like summer jam and it's like yo holy shit bill frisk crew just fucking stabbed alan k simpsons true <laughs> <crew. laughs> so Libby, like who are some i mean matt just mentioned robert
0: davi talking about the plight of coptics in the middle east uh mm-hmm. What were, who were some of the other big headliners? Uh, These the were sort of like the big acts, the, the Kendrick Lamars, if you will, of of this uh, Coachella for politics.
5: Sure. Yeah. I mean, when I, when I went to Coachella, it was, it was Kanye, it was Arcade Fire uh, and it was Kings of Leon. Um, Politicon was Anne Coulter, uh, Ben Shapiro, yes. woo! Oh, woo, woo! Uh, Tommy Lahren, um, Roger Stone. Oh, there, shout, yeah,
0: shout out! Shout out, my boy, Raj. Roger uh, yeah. <laughs>
5: Right, but it wasn't. It wasn't just conservatives because it's about both sides. So uh, Chelsea Handler was there. Joy Reed from M- M- MSNBC. Uh, Ari Melba, um, the, the Young hitters. Turks, Jen Cougar, mm-hmm. and Anna Kasparian. Um, but like the big, the big draw uh, seemed to be that They had uh, there was two days and both days they had like big debates. So awesome. on the first day it was Chelsea Handler and Tommy Lauren. Oh, absolutely. Oh, on on the, the second mines. day it was, um, Ben Shapiro versus Jen Hugo.
3: Yeah. Oh yeah. And that's
5: <laughs>
1: awesome. So I, I how, was, it had a lot of people, uh, just standing up and, and, and changing sides after being convinced by (laughs) the amazing debating skills of one or the other contestants.
5: You know, there was, there were huge lines, like hundreds of people for those debates, you know, people and the lines were going outside. It was like, you know, 95 (sighs) degrees outside in Pasadena, and people were lined up in the sun to see Ben Shapiro and Jen Yuga oh, go at it.
2: God. Wow, oh, this is God. this
0: is wow. This is like Disney World, like the the Jungle Cruise, or it's a small world where people line up for hours to see oh, a Ben Shapiro, eerily, an eerily racist and bizarre animatronic figure. So that is <laughs> like yeah. seeing Ben Shapiro
4: talk. Right. Libby. Like
5: when you go in, they make you buy some discourse bucks, and then you can't even spend them.
4: Anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so you saw both the debates.
5: Um, I saw a bit of both of them. Uh, obviously, the first day, I had a massive migraine. The whole thing was just, like, too much. So, eventually, I had to go home for a bit. But, yeah, I saw, like, a good chunk of both of them. I also saw uh, Tommy Lauren debate Simone Sanders, um, which was really horrible. I think the highlight of that was when Simone Sanders said... Uh, my president is still black, and some guy in the audience yelled out, "He's a mulatto."
2: <laughs> oh, <laughs> so that's, that's, the
1: that's the equivalent of Freebird. It's <laughs> like so. It's a it's a nonpartisan convention, but there still has to be like a partisan breakdown of the audience members. They're not all Seymour Skinner wanting, you know, buttons that say, "Let's have a good, clean election."
5: <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that actually surprised me. I was expecting it to be all kind of like centrists and uh and liberals honestly I thought it was going to be like MSNBC fans and you know sort of Hillary Clinton supporters and people who like you know wear pussy hats and stuff and there were a lot of people like that there but there were also there was a really surprising number of like really outspoken Trump supporters um and like People, yeah. I mean, Cernovich was there, as, as we all know. Oh, um, right. Yeah,
0: that the, yeah. he was doing journalism and he was assaulted <laughs> by by a man with a weird, vacant, sort of demonic look yeah. on his face, Ooh. who told him that his sugar pills made him uh, brain damaged. Uh, right.
5: Yeah. I actually, I actually ran into him while I was there. The, the replicant himself. <laughs> he, he was a very cool guy. So shout out to him. Did but, you? Um, yeah. So like, Sernovich was there, and I w- I was kind of surprised by like the, just the sheer number of of MAGA hats that I saw, and you know when I was going through the line for the Shapiro debate, trying to find people to talk to. It actually took me a while to find people that weren't Shapiro fans
1: to talk to. Uh, well, well, you Libby. know, uh, going 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 and seeing Ben Shapiro debate is like watching Jordan in his prime. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Libby I didn't watch any of the Handler-Laren debate because, like, because you, know, you have self-respect, I, right? No, both of them are my exes. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but I heard that like Chelsea Handler got fucking shellacked. Is that true?
5: I mean, the bit that I saw, yeah, I can. I I, I think she did um, because I mean, partly just because like it's it's hard to debate someone who is as stupid as Tommy Lyron and who is like as committed to being as you know as fucking mental as she is but at the same time like chelsea handler isn't isn't good either obviously and you know there was one moment in particular where um you know chelsea handler they were talking about trump and chelsea handler said so what about all the lying and tommy laryn said uh why are you bringing up hillary i thought we were talking about trump and the crowd just like goes wild everyone's applauding and stamping their feet and stuff um, but then, you know, I mean, Chelsea Handler was then put on the spot. And, you know, Tommy Lahren said, like, give me an example of a Trump lie. And for just like a really painful few minutes, she was struggling. She couldn't think of an example of a Trump lie, which is like, I mean, <laughs> I get yeah. it. There's a lot. But like, that's the kind of thing you need to be prepared for. Well, it's
4: because there are you none. Know? Yeah. <laughs> Everything. Can't do it. Yeah. Can't do
0: it. So these are you, you, name you, one can, lie. Name li- one lie. You would have to <laughs> prove that he knowingly made a misstatement, which you cannot do. It's nope. actually impossible.
1: Right, no, he, he right. Genuinely and then eventually
0: when she did think of said. one,
5: she, you know, she came up with um, the the size of the, the crowds at the inauguration, uh, which is like, yeah, I mean that's that's a big lie. That's that's a pretty good one, but it was just too easy for Tommy Lauren to just like dismiss that as a lie that didn't matter, and it's just like at the end of, you know, the debates that I watched and really all the panels that I went to, I just I was just walking away feeling like, what was the fucking point of that? Like, no one's mind was changed. We didn't come to any new conclusions. No new information was revealed. We just watched two people just, like, snipe at each other with, you know, the worst versions of talking points possible. And you then got to just walked s- away and went and bought a hot dog.
1: Yeah, but you got to see celebs. You got to be in the same room as celebs. <laughs> right. And you got to see them. That, uh, I got the
5: sense that that was actually the main draw for most people. Like, people came there because they wanted to see tommy larren and they wanted to see ben shapiro and i think that's actually why the breakdown of the crowd was so conservative um because they just weren't the the stars on the left there that there were for the right Claude racine
3: <laughs> dex flame uh betty fine you got it and raffi find all the stars you really keep up with all. all here tonight
5: oh yes i mean like if you were, uh, you know, on the left or, or a liberal and you wanted, to, you know, to go to Politico and to see the stars, then your choices were like Chelsea Handler and then like some no name, you know, uh, like MSNBC hosts and then the Pod Save America guys. And that was hey, kind of
1: it. You keep their names out of your yeah. mouth. Hey,
3: Chelsea Handler rocks. I mean, like, you, dude, I would fly to Pasadena in the middle of summer to like see her go up on stage and be like. When I drink vodka, I have sex.
1: Libby. So these are like the worst people on <laughs> earth, essentially. Libby, I see what you mean about- I like, can't imagine worse people on earth than this audience.
0: The, the lib, like, you know, you got Shapiro on one side who has a, you know, a huge following among, you know, incel dorks. And then it's just like, from the left, they have, ladies and gentlemen, coming to the stage now, Evan Bies, former press secretary.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't,
0: don't forget Rob Reiner. <laughs> Rob,
2: oh, Reiner yeah, 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 yeah. Rob Reiner Everyone was there. Everyone loves yeah, him. Yeah,
0: um,
5: well, Yeah, I mean, actually, so I talked to Jenk Yuga while I was there, and he actually had a a pretty good point, I thought, which, you know, I asked him, like, whether he thought that there was decent representation of, like, the Bernie wing of, of the Democratic Party there, even, you know, progressives in general, and... He he, kind of, you know, admitted that not really, and that he thought that was because, you know, Politicon was trying to book stars, and when you're trying to book stars, then you you go to TV basically, and like if you're looking at the crop of people who go on CNN, MSNBC, and stuff like that to be talking heads, they just they just aren't really like the progressive or you know left uh, uh, figures on TV. That you, is, so
0: You you mentioned Jank, uh, uh, and you know he he squared off against uh, Ben Shapiro. And I have to ask, like, you know, did you, if you saw a little bit of debate, did in fact Ben Shapiro debate a leftness and destroy them?
5: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I watched, and I mean, I thought, I thought Jenk did okay. I thought he did better than um, than Chelsea Handler did against Tommy Lauren. Uh, but again, it it just felt so pointless to me because, like, Ben Shapiro is just this like five foot two fucking little dork dweeb, and like, yeah, he's got a bunch of like. Awful fans online, and you know, like you say, incel dorks. But it's like, I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not like a fan of Jen Hugo either. It's just that, like it, it didn't really, it didn't really, you know, unless unless Ben Shapiro left that room like crying and wetting himself, it was never going to be satisfying. You know, it was never going to be like uh, this. It's very hard to get like a resounding <laughs> victory, honestly, in a debate, especially when you have two people that are just coming mostly, you know, with their own sets of facts. I mean, yeah. Ben Shapiro has his own sets of facts about the world and and they don't care about your
0: feelings it's like you know it's just like declaring yourself the winner of a debate is like declaring yourself like i don't know lord of the warden of the north or something (laughs) it's just like
3: i mean there have been no there have been no like real debates since people stopped using web forums because on those like you would quote someone's entire post and like break it down and argue all the points but now now it's just like you know, we talked about this in the West Wing episode, how every time in the West Wing or newsroom, they're like, we're going to have the gun debate. And the liberal guy always is like, well, sir, do you believe this? And do you believe this? Well, if you believe those things, then by your logic, you're, you're wrong here. Thomas Jefferson disagrees with you. And it's like in real life, no one's
1: – it's like Aikido. No one's going to let you do that yeah, nobody, them. nobody, yeah. Nobody is going, well, here's the thing. Uh, what he says, what my opponent in this debate says, I'm going to agree with for a while. That'll end up well for yeah. Me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just because all these things are
3: just like two sexually psychotic people who have their genitalia and sealed in lamination (laughs) just go up there and stare at each other's mouths until the other asshole is done talking. Well, I I believe in an America where everyone's included or like, uh, actually, (laughs) actually, liberals abort, kill more black people than cops with abortion. (laughs) And they just do that until it's over. And then like, you know, fucking just some bloodless leech from MSNBC it takes a selfie where they're drinking a beer with Ben Shapiro and they're like, at the end of the day, we're all just people. And oh, it's like, God. Well, yeah, you just... You didn't hear... You just stared at each other. Yeah, and you if did they... This.
1: If politics is going to be wrestling, which we are seeing it turn into, it should be literally wrestling. Like if these were actual fights, if I could see Jank we, uh, we, Weaver, Jank <laughs> Randy <It's> Weaver, like <laughs> a sen- a sank Imger, yeah. if I could see if I could see Chelsea Handler like break a fucking uh, table over the back of Tony Laren or something like that, that would be worth watching. I'd pay to see that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, them just like throwing talking points. It's just you're watching the news but you're in person live 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 it's the news <laughs> in person how demented do you have to be to find that entertaining this is the thing that like you see in the airport and it like is blight on your skull the entire time it's there. It's like in the corner of your eye just drilling and just like those faces and mouths and mm. the wah, wah, wah. And you're looking at that going, I want to be there. What yeah, is yeah, wrong yeah. with you? <laughs> yeah. Boy,
0: oh boy, did we see that in the airport yesterday. Oh, my God. That's neither here nor there. Uh, Libby, though, the one, one last thing I want to ask you about Politicon that I, I did see uh, you, you, you tweeted it from, from the con. You got a chance to ask uh, Amy Klobuchar a question about whether she'd back a uh, single pair. Could you just speak on that?
5: Yeah, um, so she was on a panel about uh, what, you know, what now for Democrats uh, with <laughs> Jen Huger. Yeah, um, Jen Huger and Simone Sanders, uh, Bob Shrum, um, Ooh, and yeah. uh, Sally Oh, yeah, Cone. baby. And
1: These are the people who are guiding us to the next crossroads.
5: Absolutely, yeah, the next leaders of the party. And, uh, you know, at the end, I went up to her and I asked, uh, you know, do you think Democrats should run on single payer in, in 2018? Because... There had been some discussion of that um, in during the panel. Jenk had brought it up, um, and you know the the panel had been divided on uh, whether um, you know whether Medicare for all or single payer would be you know a good thing to. What's the
0: other to, side of that?
5: Well, the other side is <laughs> indeed uh, would be uh, you know we need to save Obamacare before we move on right, about right, things right, like that. Yeah. Right. Um, and so yeah, I asked I asked her, and she. <laughs> She kind of looked at me, you know, because everyone else was just trying to get her autograph. Um, I don't think she was expecting. What?
3: <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You,
4: yeah, I've, got I mean, a, I've got an Amy Klobuchar rookie card <laughs> signed. Uh, 13 filibusters <laughs> in her first <laughs> term.
6: There were uh, baseball cards, right? Can you just jump in with that real oh, quick? Oh, yeah, no. yeah. So they,
5: they were giving away trading cards. Oh, God. Um, and uh, on, oh, on the saw, front yeah. of the trading cards, it said Politics is the new sports.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
5: it, yeah. In that, it is like the
0: living, breathing representation of like American middle brow just culture of
3: idiocy and complacency. <laughs> yeah. Hold on, yes. hold on. I'm gonna be the right. politicon comedian for a sec. Yeah, a bunch of uh, juiced up guys standing around big taking big paychecks for doing nothing. Am I talking about the MLB or am I talking about Congress?
2: <laughs> that's,
5: that's exactly what sorry, I I did a, a roundup piece, and that's exactly what I wrote. I said everyone makes a lot of money, and you're always having to guess which ones are acting like that because of brain trauma.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so the one I wanted to know about, uh, did you go to the panel that really looked, jumped out at me as something I wanted to see, which was, facts still matter with Joanne Reed.
5: <laughs> yeah, I mean, there was actually a lot of stuff that I, I didn't get to go to that I, I wished I could because there was just so much going on the whole time. There was um, conservatively unplugged presents right-wing comedy in these uh. Trump-tastic times uh, with six people that I'd never heard of. Um, People
0: even more obscure than Steven Crowder. They no, couldn't even get Crowder no, for that. No, yeah. because you're in a liberal
5: they had, elite bubble. And the only two I'd heard of were Greg Proops and Al Madrigal.
1: You guys are in a liberal bubble. That's why you never heard of these comedians. Like, uh, uh, Chard Nutley is <laughs> wowing crowds across this nation. But yeah. since you would never deign to go into a, a casino ballroom or a state fair, you've never heard of him.
3: Look at my man in the front row. Look at my man in the front row. He's a fucking pervert. He's a sicko. Let's kill him. <laughs> He's laughing because he knows he's destroying the family. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a Black Lives Matter thug. We, we, we interrupted
6: you, Libby.
0: Sorry
3: about the baseball cards.
6: You can finish the uh, uh, uh thing
5: about single
3: payer. Right, right, yeah. and
5: Yeah, so I, I asked her that question, and she kind of looked at me, and she, she clearly wasn't happy. But, you know, she looked at, at first like she wasn't going to answer, but then she said, uh, we're going to focus on saving Obamacare first. Uh, and so then I asked her, you know, um, why not single payer? And she didn't answer. And I said, you know, do you think single-payer would be popular? And she didn't answer. And she just walked away.
0: I mean, that is that is telling you said that she had a pained look on her face when you asked her, uh, should the Democrats support single-payer? That's, that's a good sign. You did get her autograph, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I got 10 for all my friends. So. <laughs> um, wow. So, yeah, that that sounds like a, quite an experience. So, uh, uh,
3: just unrela- well, unrelated to everything you told us, Libby, Um. Yeah, I'm buying a plane ticket to Afghanistan. There's just like I, I just I've decided to make some major life changes. Uh, <laughs> does anyone want to come with me <laughs> to join an exciting new political project?
0: <laughs> well, I was gonna say, Libby will Will you attend our our panel next year at oh, Politicon? Oh,
5: absolutely. I, you know i I almost uh, I almost asked. Um, Jank, like, <laughs> do you think do you think the Chabot boys should have been there? But I, I didn't.
3: No. <laughs> oh, man. You know, you know I mean, be, if
5: Pod Save America gets to be there,
3: yeah, you know, it would be cool. Syrian Politicon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, we'll be doing a, a panel next year with uh, the Hellbent podcast, yeah. called, yes. you know, called, called Bridging the Divide Coming Together. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, moving on from uh, Politicon again, and again, Libby, thank you for your service. <sighs> um, you know, I know. You'll never forget the things that you saw and had yeah. to do while you were there. But it's just the, the fact that you, you bore witness is, 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 I think, testament to your suffering.
5: Oh, sorry. There's, there's one more thing I wanted to tell you all. I, I thought I should make clear. When, when I was talking to people in the line for the Shapiro debate, um, asking them why they wanted to go, they'd specifically told me that they thought Shapiro was a good speaker, who uh had a really good grasp on facts a lot of people mentioned facts and how he was really knowledgeable on facts and how they really wanted to hear him speak and i don't think i've ever heard anything more but like just baffling than that because i watched the debate and he sounds like a cartoon mouse that's been like sped up
1: (laughs) (laughs) god damn ridzard eat your heart out this is some Pulitzer material, I think.
4: Well, Shibira, smartest move was to uh, kind of. Uh Flip over to a new grift after he was done grifting old people who were frightened by the prospect of young people having sex, and now he's you know uh, positioned himself as uh, in opposition to what these shitheads think are millions of people. Who are like, I I don't like the facts. Uh, they violate my safe space. and it's just endlessly that. And I see that shit all the time from uh, the gentle dullards of Imgur who yeah. are mostly too stupid to be political, but they're like. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Facts <laughs> rule. Uh,
0: so uh, I'll tell you what's another, another fact. Our president loves talking to world <laughs> leaders. Yeah. He loves talking to world leaders. He has a great relationship with all world leaders. So good in fact that probably people on his staff are sharing transcripts of those conversations <laughs> with the rest of the country because they want people to know how deals get done yeah. and if- how president deals does the art of the deal and negotiation.
3: If you work in the business industry, like <laughs> know, like us, we've learned so much from this transcript. with oh, man. Australian prime my, minister. My Michael earnings Trump are up
1: through the roof my, just my, since oh I read it. Oh my god,
3: dude, my EBITDA has doubled. <laughs> uh, rule number one: If you are trying to make a deal and the other your counterparty doesn't want to do the deal, just beg. <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, when you when you
3: are when you you know I'll put it in Trump's words. Um, Look, no one has held their breath since the '80s during an argument. It doesn't work anymore. But most people, after that, they go, "I'll give up my birthday presents," <laughs> but they don't expect birthday and <laughs> Christmas presents. And then you say you're gonna run away if they don't have it. Uh, and then they have no choice. You back them into a corner, and then when they do it, you tell them that you love them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was so funny. Like with Turnbull, it all he was, "But, but it will be, I'll be sad if you don't do this." <laughs> Oh, but don't no! Don't you understand? I'll be sad. It'll make me sad. Libby, I mean, this was the the big
0: news uh, when I woke up this morning. Did you follow this uh, this this Washington Post thing about these two calls that he made to Turnbull from so Australia fun, and uh, um, Inieto from uh, Mexico?
5: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was amazing. I also want to plug uh, my colleague Katie. wrote uh, an amazing love letter composed just of quotes from from Trump's calls, and it genuinely works. Like it's not just it, it works as a love letter. It's amazing. <laughs> like you Just put it together and it, it does sound like Homer Simpson's love letter.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just dollars Get out of here. <laughs> uh, the,
0: <laughs> the, the Nieto uh, call was okay. The, the Turnbull one was incredible, though, and there's just Absolutely. a few things I want to highlight. At the beginning of the phone call, Turnbull says, Good evening. And Trump says, Mr. Prime Minister, how are you? I'm doing very well, mate. And then Trump immediately goes, and I guess our friend Greg Norman, he's doing very well. He just goes to the first Australian guy he knows, which is the golfer, Greg Norman. <laughs> yeah, And Turnbull says, he is a great mutual friend, <laughs> yes. And Trump says, well, you say hello to him. He's a very good friend. By the way, thank you very much for taking the call. I really appreciate it. It is really nice. Uh, is he selling Vitamix? Like, what the <laughs> fuck? Um, so then he goes on to talk about how there's, like, this whole deal that Obama had already negotiated with, uh, a deal that was already done for America to take a, a certain like about a 2,000 refugees from this, like, hell island where Australia basically keeps in detention anyone who they catch on a boat from, like, the Pacific Island right. or New Guinea, try, trying Pacific Islands or New Guinea trying to enter Australia. Many of these people have been there for years. It's a fucking nightmare. And now Trump was basically trying to renege on this. I think that was the import of the call. And uh, Turnbull is explaining to him that, He was like, Trump is saying, basically what he says is, how will I look if I do this? I'll look bad. And Turnbull goes, well, you'll look like you uphold the commitments of the United States. And he goes, come on, what? (laughs) I I said the thing. I said the thing about the refugees. Uh, Another quote he said to Malcolm Turnbull is, this is going to kill me. I'm the world's greatest person that does not want to let people into the country. (laughs) Can you parse that? What, like, what... I'm the world's mean- greatest person that does not want to let people into the country. <laughs> and now I'm yeah. agreeing to take 2,000 people and I agree to vet them, but that puts me in, a, in like Turnbull is explaining that these are economic refugees. They're not terrorists. And Trump says, I guarantee you they are bad. This is why they're in prison now. They're they are not <laughs> like, going to be wonderful people who go on to work for the local milk people. And I just like to say <laughs> that,
2: that line.
0: Local milk people, I swear to God, is a phrase that has never been uttered by a single yeah, human yeah, ever yeah.
1: before this phone call. I'm still, I can't get my head around that. I was the, I'm the world's greatest person at not wanting people in the country. Like he's trying to say, he's like the most xenophobic guy. It's oh, a- like saying I'm the number, I'm the, I'm the branded spokesman for xenophobia. But to <laughs> put, to term it that way, like. W- what
2: is, is it like a, yeah, what's I
5: feel happening like at in this brain point, I, I'm, what's know, happening in this brain many months into into the Trump era and I feel like I'm getting reasonably good you know every day I feel like alright now I kind of know how to interpret what Trump means when he says stuff but this I just feel like I've, all progress has been lost because I really have no idea what what that means I am the world's greatest person who does not want to do this Like, so
4: Standard and Poor's rated me number one for <laughs> racism <laughs>
5: well Okay, like, and, and then
0: the line I've been hearing uh, about about the leak of this transcript, which is almost certainly coming from inside the house, by probably R- Rince Peebus or S- even Scaramooch himself,
1: maybe. Yeah, undoubtedly. Yeah. Uh, who, yeah, who, somebody he- actually said that. They said, as soon as they bounce Mooch it's like, well, yeah, you don't, you think these fucking leaps are stopping if you keep firing everybody? Yeah, that's yeah. that's guaranteeing they're going to keep and, coming. Uh,
0: the line I heard today from Absolute slugs and degenerates like (laughs) David Frum or esoteric Jeff is look this is all very funny and we can laugh at how bad Trump is but this is actually very very dangerous this is a dangerous violation of norms that was David (laughs) Frum's line about this and I just find that this is so precious this is so precious You know Like they're They like They're like I stand
3: four square Against you Donald Trump But not against the, Not our precious <laughs> norms Yeah <laughs> It's also It's it's like Yeah It's like uh, They're on hoarders And the entire house Is just covered in Liquefied cat <laughs> and Diarrhea <laughs> And David Frum, David Frum's One of the tenants Of the house And he's like Oh no Don't take the bath Matt <laughs> What the fuck are you doing It's like This is This went off the rails Quite a long time ago Like Look, if you, how can you read the words Trump says on that call and be like, the people might find out like a secret strategy that we're doing. We <laughs> might find out intelligence secrets from this call. Like Trump, like Trump, if he knew any, wouldn't just say them out
1: loud.
2: Yeah, to he's anyone.
1: already he already let drop classified information in front of the Russian ambassador. That happened already. He, there's nothing that he you that there's nothing safe that he has in his head. No, from anyone. Like the idea, as soon as it's in his head, that is declassified information. Esoteric Jeff said the leaker
4: is beneath contempt. Oh. Yeah, and
0: like in this, so like yeah, they probably work for
4: Trump or the Republican <laughs> Party. So yes, Jeff, yeah. they yeah. are beneath contempt, yeah. just like you. Es- Esoteric Jeff is absolutely one of my favorite Never Trump guys. <laughs> oh, so guys, gross. did we ever talk about his uh, little Breitbart reminiscence? On no, the no. oh, i no, That was great. I've got no, a, no, no wait, I've got it right in front of me. I just want to read it out. He did a thread on the anniversary of Andrew Breitbart. Of death, and he like, <laughs> uh, "You know, uh, it's a holiday that we all celebrate." You know? Yeah, that's like Christmas for me. So, this is Jeff. We look at the grotesquerie Breitbart has become in years since, <laughs> <laughs> and it is easy to forget the spirit of the man whose name is used. Breitbart wasn't perfect; never forgotten the Shirley Sherrod video, or the deceptive way he was sold via editing. Plus, later CYA. I don't remember what CYA is. Cover your ass? Uh, I don't know. Well, I, he guessed esoteric. Jeff remembers it. That always esoteric reference.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah, ooh, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Esoteric Jeff.
4: That always rankled me. But it was impossible to it was impossible to interact with Breitbart and not come away believing that politics didn't have to be drudgery. Breitbart was the sort of guy who would encounter political opponents, then buy them drinks and sit and shoot the shit for two hours. He was the kind of guy who would encounter a
0: political opponent buy a drink for them and then talk non-stop with them for two hours taking only small breaks to go to the bathroom and then coming back even more energized and ready to talk <laughs> about
3: politics and be good and he have would, fun. He was, look, yeah, everyone knew Andrew Breitbart, big political star, but for some reason he would even share bathroom stalls with people.
4: Uh, my, <laughs> my pin tweet is a variation on never read the comments. Cool pin tweet, Jeff. Oh, Andrew knew good. who I was because he literally read the comments at Ace of Spades headquarters, which is the blog that Jeff writes for, or, owens or something once upon a time i was the designated rhino squish over at ace of spades i met breitbart at a book signing in dc knowing he read and mentioned who i was he looked me straight in the eye said he loved my stuff and he cited a comment i wrote he knew and then he said don't ever back down from that fight them every time badge of honor badge of honor
3: how much cocaine do you have to use to see just an internet commenter who whose entire function is to get bullied by dying republicans <laughs> to see that guy who's like on there like I don't know I think we should we can fix Medicaid uh, to see that guy and be like you're still so fucking brave I respect you so much I can fucking love you I can just never give up that is the most cocaine behavior the most cocaine behavior yeah. is to make the most anodyne boring people to be like you're fucking in your last life you were like fucking king cut
4: I love you yo I was up until 8am reading all the comments on Ace of Spades headquarters blog by the way uh,
0: Ace of Spades headquarters. Ace of Spades the guy who ran the blog I only remember him because he's uh, he's a guy who like pretended to talk like a military drill instructor, but was just like <laughs> a goateed fat wad who was most famous yes. for comparing a, a what he said. A vagina looks like bacon and Play-Doh. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yes. Yeah. What yes. Fuck? Yes. That was what Ace of Spades was most oh. most famous
4: for. And uh, the, the tweet right but after it that. doesn't. Uh, (laughs) not at all the tweet right after that from Esoteric Jeff it was a little it was a flattering little story back when it happened after he died I remembered it and yes I'll admit it I cried like Ah! a stupid baby oh my god
3: oh my god
4: oh that's so good Virgil thank you for sharing that oh of, uh, co- of course oh, love We'll check in with Esoteric sad Jeff
5: enough to like jokingly identify as a rhino in 2017 <laughs>
4: yeah
3: it's just that is like a new type of sub behavior is to just like hang out with a bunch of like vile teacots to, whose names are like no Sharia Jeff and like <laughs> it, 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 just awful people and be like yeah I think it would be fun if these people just bullied me online
6: uh, yeah. while, while we're on the uh uh Breitbart remembrance uh, kick. Did, did all of us see the Steven Crowder video when yes. Breitbart died? I think they took it down. I think Wait, he, no, actually, I don't see so that. So he did a YouTube video uh, like the day after, a couple days after Breitbart died. And I thought it was very funny and I circulated it. And I think he took it down or made it private because I was showing it to people. But he's like doing a 15 minute thing into the camera and about two minutes are him crying over Andrew, his friend dying, and then the other like nine minutes are him just plugging shit, like, <laughs> like through tears, being like. And then another video Andrew really likes up right now. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the channel and uh, you know leave leave a comment Sound off in the comments. Is the Quran challenge? <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Keep those hearts going well, for I, grief. I have a Chicago-specific story that reminds me of this. When I was 19, my friend, like, was overdosing on 2CE, which is just, like, one of the dumbest drugs you what can What is do. 2CE? It's, like, this weird, like, designer party drug. It's okay. stupid. But uh, he, like, called me. He was, like, I think I'm going to kill myself. And so I was, like, 19. I was such a piece of shit. And I was, like, living in a dorm with uh, friends. And I, before I left, there was, like, a girl that I liked who was hanging out in our room. And I was, like, I got to go. My friend might kill himself.
2: i was was telling
3: everyone who's like hey are you hanging out tonight who probably didn't want to hang out with me at all i was like no i have something just tell all of them because i wanted them to like think there was some gravity or importance to my life (laughs) and then went but i was like when you're 17 18 19 you're just like the biggest piece of shit uh, not everyone maybe just me but like at you and you grow out of it because you stop being a transactional shitty person through enough life experiences but that's all of these guys are still that yep. They're still fucking that i just
0: uh <clears throat> now uh, I'm, I'm glad we uh we had the 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 bright bar remembrance r.i.p by the way r.i.p yep. I'm, I'm, p- I'm pouring it up for you buddy uh however uh i'd be remiss if i didn't discuss uh the other trump leak that happened just a little earlier in the week and this was uh, the wall street journal did one of those like oval office interviews that like they were the editorial board like sits down and drills the president and they you know feel him out they ask him questions and he gives them access like the new york times editorial board does it like it's a pretty standard thing however the wall street journal did not release the transcript of this which is odd uh someone leaked it to wired i think and they got the full transcript of this and it's the wall street journal didn't release this because they're clearly covering for the fact that a Trump doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about anything B their actual editorial board are disgusting toadies and suck ups to him. There's a couple of the segments that I want to talk about. Uh, Gerald Baker of the wall street journal asked him, uh, what he's been doing behind the scenes to get, this was like hours before the healthcare bill went down in flames. Uh, he said, What have you been doing, Mr. President, sort of behind the scenes? <laughs> President Trump says a lot. A lot. <laughs> and follow up question. I mean, what do you think the crucial conversations have been? Trump says, many conversations. <laughs> <laughs> I just had one with a certain senator that was very convincing to that senator so I've done a lot I mean last night last night it was amazing I was at the you know I was at the West Virginia doing certain things and made a speech to the Boy Scouts and that was some crowd that was an incredible crowd but uh, I've been I mean, you just but I've been
5: children wor- some crowd
0: <laughs> but I've been working hard trying to get senators to go along with it and I I know I think you know look you just don't quote me unless it happens but I think we have a pretty good shot and that vote's taking place at about two today right good <laughs> oh it
1: <laughs> worked It was amazing I'm kind of stunned though how How did going before a bunch of weebelows and telling them to smell your finger not pass? <laughs> okay, I, I don't understand. I,
2: you
3: like look. You know, silly season is over. We finally have a businessman in there, thank <laughs> God, and he's using time-honored business <laughs> tactics, like putting public pressure on his counterparties by telling a story about a boat orgy to children, <laughs> by going up in a bo- in front of a bunch of twelve-year-olds and being like, uh, I, "I hate, I hate all the guys I fired." <laughs> <laughs> two, two more bits from uh, from the this Wall Street Journal
0: uh, transcript. Uh, this this is Trump uh, speaking of his son-in-law. He goes you know what? I don't even think of pardons. Here's why. Nobody did anything wrong. Look at Jared. Everybody. And we do appreciate your editorial. But everybody said, Jared Kushner, Jared's a very private person. He doesn't get out. I mean, maybe it's good or maybe it's bad. What do I do? But at least people know how I feel. Jared's this really nice, smart guy who'd love to see peace in the Middle East and Israel. Okay.
1: (laughs) 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 Again, it's just like,
0: just, just
6: the wheels just keep spinning.
0: Just, maybe
1: it's bad. Maybe it, it's good. What? Well, what think, is the antecedent uh, to that? I think
6: that it's interesting because he's—he is—he is a president of deals, and we all know that that's the makeup of his—that's that's, that's, that's his DNA. I think that every moment, if you actually—this is a little theoretical—but if you were to zoom into his brain, every moment is a deal, and he's negotiating with like his own brain to come up with <laughs> words, and he's like, "I—I'd I, really like a good word to use here. What, what can you give me? The uh." Local milk people. And he's like, ooh, uh, are you sure I can't get a better better sentence than that? Local milk people, that's not too good. I don't think that's going to play. Like, that's all I got for you, buddy. I, I, all I got is local milk people. You better say it or else that's it. I'm out.
2: Like, all right, all right. I'll, I'll go with local milk people. Losing, oh, he's God. losing negotiations with the, his
3: own brain. That was the original art of the deal. He's like, look, everyone... The Flintstones is real. Everyone has the Martian that tells them what to do,
2: and, you
3: know he's a pretty smart guy. But nine times out of ten, I trick him.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. That's
1: what he thinks Jared is. Yeah, <laughs> he looks at Jared and sees Asmodiar. Uh,
3: uh, w- ooh, ooh, ooh bad idea, Fred. Jared, 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 committing usury in caveman times. <laughs> Ooh, it's a living!
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's got a uh, b-
3: b- b- Betty. No, 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 no! <laughs> He's got a pterodactyl calculator.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: it's, oh no! My Stegosaurus is writing an open letter again. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <here>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, guys. All right, well, one more, one more from the Wall Street Journal transcript. This, this is the best. This, this is, this is uh, just ant colony brain (laughs) just ant ant farm in the brain (laughs) listen to this okay so he goes and this is actually relevant in terms of the phone calls he did with Mexico and Australia so he says so I deal with foreign countries and despite what you may read I have unbelievable relationships with all the foreign leaders (laughs) they like me I like them you know it's amazing so I call like major major countries and I'll be dealing with the prime minister or president and I'll say how you doing? Oh, you know, not well, Mr. President, not well. I said, well, what's the problem? Oh, GDP, 9%, not well. And I'm saying to myself, here we are at 1% dying and they're at 9% and they're unhappy. So, you know, a lot of these countries, you know, fairly large, like 300 million people. You know, a lot of people say, they say, well, United States is large, and then you call places like Malaysia, Indonesia, and you say, you know, how many people do you have? And it's pretty amazing how many people they have. Holy So China is at 70 or 8%, and they have a billion five, right? So we should do really well. But but in order to do that, you know, it's tax reform. But it's a big tax cut. But it's a simplification, it's reform, and it's a big tax cut. (laughs)
3: Holy fuck. (laughs) <laughs> Holy fuck.
0: <laughs> we don't even need to do a show. No. We can just read Trump yeah. speaking in
1: these... Oh. oh, God. God, what the fuck hell world wanna, are we living in? There's one
5: line that I hadn't noticed last time I read it that I need to, need to point out. Uh, he says, the Wall Street Journal asks him about uh, his tweet about trade talks with Britain, and he says, I can say that we're going to be very involved with the UK. I mean, you don't hear the word Britain anymore. It's very interesting. It's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Folks, we're going to be saying Merry Christmas. We're going to be saying Great Britain again. You won't believe it. Uh, Also, Libby, I mean, like, uh, we haven't really got a chance to talk about... We referenced it briefly on the the Tim Faust show in the beginning. But uh, Brendan pointed out to me, you deserve major accolades because right when the Scaramouche was hired, you wrote an article where you speculated he may be gone within a week.
5: I did say that he does suck at his job. And, like, because... I mean, obviously, like he, the whole week he was terrible, but that particular post was spurred by him uh, going, on, going on CNN and trying to sell uh, the GOP healthcare plan by saying, you know, it'll be good to have a free market again, you know, like in airlines and in, uh, in telecom.
0: Yeah. Which, <laughs> oh my God. I know. Like, let alone that those are like
5: the two most unpopular industries. That you them. can name. If you could name, you know, two things that people love to complain about most, it's other than that fucking healthcare. It's probably going to be Comcast and you know Delta. Um, but also those are those aren't free markets. But anyway.
1: Yeah, but well, somebody pointed out that it makes sense if you think of it from the point of view of owning them. Yeah. Not not yeah. being yeah. a customer of them, and that's their. Perspective. Yeah, they're fucking money machines. Uh, No, we
3: we want to, you know, we want to deregulate it, like uh, you know, the stuff you all love, like uh, repo men, uh, (laughs) medical debt collectors, (laughs) uh, 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 child thieves,
4: ankle (laughs) monitors.
3: (laughs) But uh, so. Like, now now this guy Kelly
0: is his chief of staff. The Uh, army man, yeah. Yeah, now the army man is in. And I was talking to Matt about this earlier in the day. And, you know, uh, I think uh, Dan Sullivan, uh, Bro Pair made this point where it's like, as more and more of, like, the Trump loyalists get shit-canned, and by the Trump loyalists, I mean, like, the two groups of people, like the psycho, no fat general, like Michael Flynn, those kind of weirdos, and then the sort of collection of tri-state area stereotypes <laughs> yeah, that all get the boot. They're slowly being replaced by these military men, and this, like this, this is a weird feeling at this point. And uh, the, I don't know if you saw the thing like, that read that uh, Mattis and Kelly now have a pact with each other that both of them can't be out of the country at the same time because they need someone to like basically make sure the president doesn't do anything like they need to babysit him basically which is funny because Trump is like a child but also terrifying because of this like yeah near of civilian control is just like
6: slowly slipping well you remember a couple of days ago when that historian Timothy Snyder freaked all of the dumb people out by saying I'm a scholar of uh, authoritarian regimes and let me tell you to me it looks like Trump is going to carry out a coup and on the face of it that's pretty absurd given that Trump is already president, and his party controls all three branches of government effectively. He doesn't need to carry out a coup. But what is actually possible, or if you're going to talk about coups, what's a genuine worry is that the military will increasingly either subtly or explicitly take over the government from this uh, mentally unstable man-child like they planned to during Nixon.
3: I mean, this is what we saw in Brazil. Like, Tamer was very weak and despised, but it's like, well, these kind of governments ju- don't go like, ah, uh, they don't like our guy. We're going to go away now. Like, it's not a fucking, it's not the end of a kids movie where, like, they show up the big bad villain and the guy's are like, ah, uh, I guess we're not going to kill all those dogs because everyone, everyone booed us. It's, and the fact that he's so weak and has just such a little grasp of going on it goes into something else, which is how lacking the opposition has been, and I include Sanders in this. They should not have voted to confirm Kelly. Even if he made it in, the thinking along those lines that we need someone competent and and principled, it's like if they were principled, they wouldn't work for this fucking <laughs> guy. None of them are principled. Yeah, Kelly's competent, but the he's done every shitty thing Trump and his people have asked him to fucking do, and that creates, he has access to this. Security apparatus that every president has added to, that Trump's going to add to, and carried out their orders, and it's—I uh, <clears throat> lost my train of thought. It's—it's uh, <laughs> it's bad, is what it is, folks. Yeah. <laughs> it's
2: bad. Uh, you
3: know,
1: these aren't good people. You know, I'm <laughs> Trump now. These aren't good people. Okay. Well, the thing is, is that if they do a coup on him. They wouldn't even have to actually do a coup. They wouldn't have to like say you're under arrest, Mr. President, because the only people who he is awed by are army men. Yeah, because yeah. he's a small child. He's it's like cop, it's yeah. a, it's the uniform. Like he makes him clap his pudgy little hands together. So they come in there and they're like, Mr. President, uh, the floor of the Oval Office is lava. <laughs> <laughs> you can't go anywhere. And then they all go down to the you know, Centcom command center and like, you know, plan the invasion of something, and he's not even in the room. It's like, I can't go. I'd <laughs> love to I'd love to be participating in this, but there's lava. Lava folks. There's more lava now than there was how stupid are we to let all this lava in the White House? Uh- Mr. Mr. Trump,
3: uh, put your hands over your eyes. Uh, where did you go, sir? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I can't go to the meeting because I don't even know where I am. And,
1: and who you know is going to help him out along the way is the fucking media because they love army men just as much yep. as he does. Yeah, if, if not like, more. Like you see these idiots when, when Kelly got confirmed, they're like, oh, well, looks like Kelly's going to come. This is surely going to write the ship of state. And there's actually a fucking piece that says it's just reprinted shit from the White House that Trump is – Sharper and rattling off yep. statistics in the meetings now because what Kelly's standing there with like a fucking switch and he spanks his ass if he forgets the fucking uh, GDP. I, I, I,
3: I took uh, I took Melanie Griffith on uh, three dates in 1987. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, spent uh, spent $7,349.59 on new chaise lounges to impress her. Uh, per the base I got to, I paid approximately $1,236 per kiss. Uh, My God, he's like Rain Man. Yeah.
4: Uh, 8, a.m., 8 a.m. 8 a.m. Gotta watch Fox and Friends. I <laughs> <Gotta> watch Morning Joe.
0: Ducey. Gotta throw on Ducey. Ducey. You know, uh, like I said, we, we have almost too much to talk. I, you know, we could talk about Trump forever, but I I do want to move on slightly to the other realm of idiocy, which is, um, you know, his, this is the resistance and his supposed mm-hmm. opponents. And Libby, I wanted to ask you about, uh, have you followed the sort of, uh, the, like all the sort of competing stories about Kamala Harris this week. Yeah, I have, yeah. So basically, the idea is uh, Kamala Harris, he's courting uh, Hillary donors at the moment, I think very obviously setting up a 2020 run. And, you know, people, uh, certain types of people, like people <laughs> like me, for instance, uh, people who like telling women to um, get on their knees, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, are. are, are Going through her record as AG and DA in California and pointing out, you know, some slightly unprogressive things and like she's very close to big money people in the Democratic Party. She is sort of, shall we say, soft on mass incarceration uh, in her role as top cop of the largest state in America. And it's becoming this like this new front in the endless, endless thousand years war of the Democratic primary of two thousand sixteen. And Libby, I was wondering, like, I mean, have you been following like, like, what are your thoughts on Kamala Harris and and the way that this sort of debate is playing out?
5: Right. Well, actually I thought Ryan Cooper's piece today was was really good. Yeah. Uh, basically just, yeah. you know, laying out exactly what leftists' problems with her and uh, with Deval Patrick, um what you know, what those problems are. And it you know obviously it's really freaking frustrating it's really frustrating because there there are legitimate questions you know obviously it's it's only 2017 and like you know you'd want to see how the primary plays out but the point of having these discussions now is to you know i would say partly to pressure her and other candidates to change their positions and of move course. left yeah. on things yeah. and you know i mean i saw you know that awful um education policy that she had of basically like <laughs> imprisoning the parents of Of truant kids or 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 what is it like? If your kid
0: gets a D average, you get a two thousand dollar fine, or you go to jail or something.
5: Right, exactly. So things like that are, you know, I mean, I wouldn't say that that's what I would call, you know, like a disqualifying thing in a purity test sense. But I would say that that's the kind of thing where I would want people to bring that up early so that she has a chance to uh, respond and, for example, say oh, that was a shitty, you know, that that was a shitty policy. I wouldn't want to do that if president. Now, I don't think that would ever happen because no one in politics ever does say that was a shitty policy. I wouldn't do that again. Uh, But, you know, the point of bringing it up is to, you know, I don't know, set the boundaries early and say these aren't the things that we want our candidate to do and to paint that as some kind of, like, racist bro- response is just it's well, it's well, so disheartening. Yeah, well, right, right. It's always erasing, you know, women and people of color who are criticizing her too.
3: Right. I mean Kamala Harris, like for me, it's I can't really see any circumstance I would vote for somebody who is a high level prosecutor for that long right. just because they the job of those people is just to railroad people and ruin their lives so they can run for higher office. Yep. There's a handful of good ones in America. But there is there is a lot of value in taking someone like kamala harris who is obsessed with headlines obsessed with building this prestige years in advance and making them making a very malleable person who probably has not that many real beliefs as she was willing to ruin people's lives who did nothing for to become this you know she probably responds to heat and if you know things go on like they have probably going to get a democrat in 2020 unless it's a Debbie Wasserman Schultz managed campaign with data by Robbie Mook and features by <laughs> Peter Dow, and like they're probably going to win. And I would like that candidate to be the least shitty version of that candidate and, as possible.
1: here is the thing, though. This is why this is why the reaction to this from people like us who take this for granted is so baffling. Uh, uh, is to the to the other side to to the, to the centrists to whatever is because for in their mind the idea that you pressure a politician from below that you try to set boundaries of what you think is acceptable and and try to make people adhere to that is not how it works. It does not work. You are not there to make demands of the leadership you are there to be soldiers you are there to support yep. the yeah. progressive choice right because and we're it. fighting these horrible nazis and we're it's a war time and there's no time for any of this bullshit get in your fucking foxhole and pick up your gun and that's your only job and post right. soldier right and like yeah it's like it uh for them like in their mindset criticizing a leader at a time like this it's like when someone says, I don't want to go over the top, I think this is a bad plan, it's like, you'd be shot for that on the front line, and we are on the fucking front line of politics right now.
4: Yeah, and as well, a lot of the people that you're describing are, you know, in fact very shallow people, and they uh, view political candidates almost like consumer decisions, like they're comparing swatches of paint. Uh, Regarding Harris, I'm willing to be more circumspect about her record. If you look at her record as San Francisco DA, which I'm not going to claim to be some great expert on, I remember reading one story where she refused to pursue the death penalty for a cop killer and she had all this pressure for it from the mayor and from the uh, cop union and so on but she was steadfast in her decision so regarding whether or not she fits some ideal mold of a local prosecutor or an ag i mean i would consider her far from ideal better than the average i mean if that's we can nitpick that during a primary but i think also uh pressure her uh on to see exactly how committed she is to these stated positions, like fifteen dollars, uh, fifty dollars yeah. an hour, or single payer.
5: Right, and that's kind of my point is that like that's supposed to be the, you know, the purpose of a primary is to go through that stuff and to work out what candidates' positions are, and it's a legitimate process. And so, you know, for some reason now it's you know it's only fucking twenty seventeen, and they've already decided that. <laughs> like any any quest like you say, any questioning is is just you know Bernie Bros acting up again, uh, and you know it. What's really depressing about this is that it isn't really about the candidates, you know, in in any way. It's just a, a proxy for opinions about a group of people. You know, it's a proxy for uh, you know feeling hurt by Bernie Bros attacking them online, and that's all it yeah. that is. That's the, I, I, think- the only thing that could explain it.
3: I think, yeah, part of it is a desire by people like Joanne Reed who thought that they were going to have this direct line to the president to yep. fill in time on their fucking shitty show that no one watches. Uh, that's gone. They want it again. They want that chance again. But the other thing – the thing I think is so interesting about this is that the line today from uh, Camp Metsch, they're always going to carry that label. I don't give a shit if they renounced her. It is – is oh, what is, what a, how shocking. They went after Kamala Harris and Cory Booker and Deval Patrick. Uh, oh, I wonder if it's, it's the color of their skin. And it's like, well, obviously. Brian Cooper did not bring up, like, I'm not voting for them because they're black. He talked about specific policies, whether it's Patrick's financial industry ties, the same with Booker, or fucking Harris's record as the AG. But... Compared to how these people talk about Nina Turner, when the Nina Turner comes up, the first thing these fucking assholes do is like, oh, she's racist Bernie's black friend. And it's like, Uh, why did you even have to
0: say not only not only that? Uh, remember during the DNC chairman race, the smear campaign about Keith Ellison's being a you know a jihadist <laughs> Muslim, basically. Yeah, yeah.
6: They were they were real quiet about that. Name drop Ni- uh, our, our good friend Neera. and you
4: know I I would hate to, to unblock to, to, me. Just single yeah, anybody anybody Unblock us, please. <laughs> but Re, uh, refollow me.
6: Neera's, uh, you know quote t- quote tweeting Ryan and. T- Pushing that exact line that mm, interesting they have a problem with uh, Booker and Harris. I wonder why. Meanwhile, uh, you search her comments on Keith Ellison's DNC run, there was zilch. And she had also nothing to say about shit that was breaking yesterday about her entire party destroying Obama's legacy over the Iran deal. Yep. She's actually spending her time um, trying to get to the bottom of the word corn cob okay. before she investigates the actual actions and policies <laughs> of her own fucking okay. party. You, you said the magic word for the week. Everyone, <laughs> she- ah!
0: And uh, I would be remiss Without uh, ending the show Without Libby I gotta ask you What is Binch? What is it to be
2: Corn Cob?
5: (laughs) Look I'm I'm a simple I'm a simple country girl I come from I come from the The mean streets of Hawley and Oxfordshire And To me Seems like Binch and Corn Cob Are just funny online words That we all use When we're having a goof (laughs) <laughs> but maybe I missed <laughs> I don't know if I missed some like racial Bernie Bro memo that <laughs> it's supposed to be. I can someone explain this to me because I missed the, the actual like uh seed tweets of this.
0: Okay. Uh this 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 all started with this guy who is like his name is Jonathan Storr, and he's this sort <laughs> of like n- nobody asshole, uh just just centrist dickhead who uh said something incredibly stupid and then people did like the 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 drill you know I'm not owned I'm not owned and yes. then like he started like getting very angry and just being like What people are calling me, binch and corn cob. What is this?
1: (laughs) (laughs) And he blocked Drill when someone pointed out it was from the Drill tweet. Like it was an organized harassment campaign by Drill. uh,
0: It's just become a thing where, like, you know, you just send people like corn cob emojis when they embarrass themselves. Like, for instance, when they like, uh, I've seen a lot of this thing lately where, where, like, actual, like, black leftists will respond to people to just be like, what the fuck, man? And then, like, someone will immediately, like, go back and be like, oh, no, no, I wasn't talking about you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then it'll just be the, 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 the shower of corn will just <laughs> hit them. <laughs> and uh, so then, like, I don't know, I guess today it well, was... It somebody, was
1: made, somebody made a graphic of Kamala Harris with a corn cob behind her. Right. Death and right. they were like, this... Oh, it was Nira you know. and Al, Al DiGiorno <laughs> who said, this... Corn cob is a racist, homophobic, rape culture uh, symbol, and it symbolizes like sexual aggression and and race and homophobia.
5: Right, because it Al, was on Urban Dictionary. Or something, Al Al,
1: right? Al DiGiorno uh, actually connected
0: myself he he my name was in his uh, sweaty uh, rotten mouth today uh because he connected the corn cob thing to me specifically because he said it started with Chapo Frathouse's Will Meneker.
3: wait that's not who, the name of our who, show dude what the fuck chapo frat house's
0: will chapo frathouse's will menicker who tells women to get on their knees
2: for him Come on. <laughs>
3: Time for some game theory. The band corn in their song Got the Life, it's about a man who goes into prom and vomits on all the hot girls in school. That's what Will Meneker wants to eat. He's telling them to get on their knees like the band corn and vomit on them. Corn cob means to act like the band corn. <sighs> <laughs>
0: but just- uh, but the funniest thing though is that uh nira you brought up nira and this corn cob thing she ended up today uh replying to some like person who's a student at like the university of ohio who was trying to explain this thing and it was like hours later and she's like kathy i'm very disappointed you haven't denounced
1: this whole corn cob thing <laughs> <laughs> and that tells you everything you need to know not only are these people willing to take anything as an excuse to yeah. Uh, ex- yeah. uh, to avoid actual issues conf- uh, and talking about them and not only are do they think in in just deeply pathological and paranoid fashion what what's a corn cop there's a corn cop <laughs> who's corn cop Who is that putin did putin make the corn cop and they're willing to just just go on these Atlantis things and just smear people with shit that's actually really terrible to tell someone that you're fucking like doing rape threats by making a joke about a fucking corn cop <laughs> yeah
3: y- you this is the conclusive thing you can't work with these
1: people. Yeah. You just have to fucking beat them. Yeah. It's, they're never going And to you build. know what? This should cheat you that they are pretty fucking beatable. Yeah. If Donald Trump didn't prove that they're fucking beatable, the fact that this is the depths they will go to, because okay, they think they're they're all right, we're winning the conversation today. Everybody's trying to denounce the corn cob.
2: <laughs> yeah. Imagine anyone
1: outside of the immediate like blast radius of online mental deformation watching this. <laughs> yeah. And how what do they think is happening? They think everyone is in.
3: I want to go back a year ago and like go back to Nira a year ago with current 2017 Nira and be like Nira 2016 ask Nira 2017 you know what tell her what you think you're going to be doing and she's like Ah, you know I'll probably be calling calling uh chief of staff Staff. I'm going to be on a phone call about Syria with Putin we're going to really give him the screws on that you know American leadership's coming back and then Two thousand seventeen Nira glumly with her head down. is like uh oh past Nira um updated uh oh you are not gonna be able to get Kathy to denounce cobbing. <laughs> <laughs> that's
2: the other thing
1: that that was devastating. Oh my and god. And that's the, 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 oh god. The, the, the denunciation thing is so important because Yeah, right,
5: exactly. I mean it's like if you I mean, you know, I'm sure you know, Nira you know, I'm sure as a woman online gets abuse uh, you know, real abuse, but like it really does show that you don't consider the problem you know genuinely serious because if you do get stuff in your mentions that's gross and like i do and we all do then you wouldn't think that corn cob is the worst of it you wouldn't have to reach and say hey look that they're saying corn cob you could just say hey look here's this person calling me a cunt like that is what happens that stuff happens you don't have to go and stretch to corn cobbery unless you're trying to smear a whole you know like group of people well it's just it's just throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks and you know that's that's worked in the past and I guess I think it's going to keep working
1: I just, I highly doubt that this many of these people have read Faulkner's Sanctuary, which is the only excuse for getting upset about a corn cob. Exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, we will be giving a 15% discount on t shirts to anyone who understands that reference. <laughs> Email shopoutraphouse at gmail.com.
4: <laughs> Overall, I think this kind of underscores kind of how out of touch people like uh, Joanne Reed are. And Reed earlier today was talking about how. Uh, uh, she uh, objects in her mind that the Afri- African American voters who, who vote as uh, uh, who vote Democrats uh, as a block are being asked to subordinate their interests to some you know amorphous grouping of left bros and. Uh, obviously, one of her examples is Cory Booker. And there's this presumption that Cory Booker is somehow a beloved figure <laughs> in the African American community. And he's not even a beloved figure in Newark, where <laughs> yeah, the person who succeeded yeah. him uh, ran against everything that he did. And I think when, you know, 2020 finally rolls around, uh, when there is a nominee, not say uh, how they. Uh, Treats how that nominees people treats the left or the Bernie contingency is going to matter a lot because I think if they want to marshal a majority to beat Trump, uh, they could face a left that sounds a lot more like Felix or they could face one that sounds a lot more like me. (laughs)
1: <laughs> make your choice make your choice libs right. I do have to say that worrying worry, uh, worrying about the 2020 nominee is a lot like planning your 100th birthday party yeah mm. it's like it's <laughs> cool hold, on. hold your horses folks and
0: by the way like okay the D- Deval Patrick Cory Booker Kamala Harris fine uh they're not great, but like they're a fucking sight better than Andrew fucking Cuomo or Michael Bloomberg or yeah. Joe fucking Biden, for Christ's sake. Yeah. And there's been no shortage of leftist criticism of those figures. Yeah, and it's like, well, why are
1: you going after or Harris? Zuckerberg? Why are you going yeah. after Harris and Like, because they are quite obviously in front of everyone marshaling yep. the forces to run for president. And
0: and to Matt's point, like like planning for your hundredth birthday. Look, they all suck to one degree or another. They're Democrats, and I think is uh, yeah. Will continue to shit on them until they get better. How do you get better? Not just come out and say that you stand for single payer or a $15 minimum wage, but make some sort of show that you're willing to take on the interests that oppose that, yeah. meaning the insurance industry and major, major lobbyists and donors who mm-hmm. you may have to cut off.
5: And I, I want to say as well that, like, I think part of the reason that they're going for this is that possibly they know that. A lot of people who supported Bernie would support Elizabeth Warren, who, uh, you know, she if she runs in 2020, and that's problematic for them because they spent the whole of 2016 saying that people who supported Bernie were doing it because they were sexist against Hillary, and then if Elizabeth Warren wins, they're going to find that like a huge amount of that, you know, a huge like proportion of those people are absolutely fine with if it's a woman if she has. You know, like reasonably decent policies. So,
3: I, I mean, if the nominee was fucking Leo, if the nominee was fucking Andrew Cuomo, they would go back to 1900s racial concepts. Like, <laughs> Anything you do, these fucking people will take the most cynical tact. It doesn't fucking matter. So like, Ber- you just have to run them over.
0: Bernie bros are comparing Andrew Cuomo to Moe the bartender from The Simpsons.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it,
1: I've never seen, I've never I, seen. I, I have seen. I have seen photoshops online of Andrew Cuomo made to look like an Italian chef <laughs> on the pizza box, yeah. and it was disgusting.
5: Well, there was uh, there was Jake Tapper last week or the week before oh, saying, yeah. you know, it's it's bad to make jokes about Scaramucci being Italian American. So. <laughs> buff
0: goal, Jake that.
4: Tepper, uh, and you know if that if the if the criticisms of Harris, you know the nascent criticism of Harris does seem to have a high volume. It's not because she's a woman or she's black or she's Indian American. It's because she's a Democrat, and a lot of people are giving side eye to the Democratic Party as an organic whole, and as well the the funding base of the party, the people they kowtow to, and. I think uh, what we should expect from 2020 candidates is a willingness to uh, show themselves as uh, rather independent of that uh, Democratic Party system. Not Joe Manchin, Joe Lieberman independent, <laughs> but independent in a good way. All right, guys. Uh, I think
0: that about does it for yep. this, this ep. Uh, the Chicago episode.
2: Hey!
1: You call that a freaking hot dog? (laughs) You can pound that shit all day, and it's still not. It's the pink shit you gotta get. You gotta get that hot dog, and you gotta put every fucking vegetable you've ever (laughs) found in your life on that goddamn fucking bun, or
3: I'm gonna bust your
1: fucking head open.
2: It is the best hot dog in the country. I'm not eating it.
3: Fuck you. You're Uh. you're eating it. (laughs) We're going to turn this fucking hotel room into Gitmo. <laughs> and I'm getting a feeding tube. Force <laughs> Flog <weird>. raw Christmas.
0: <laughs> uh, Libby, a pleasure as always. Thank, Thank you, you so much for joining us. Thanks, Any Libby. Anytime, guys. And thanks for enduring Politicon. Yeah, my God. <laughs> the sins you of service. humanity.
5: I'm going to be starting my own Politicon every weekend right here. <laughs> 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 All
2: right, guys. Till next time. Till next time. Lebronto. Bye-bye. bye bye